0: And if God came to you and asked you to take that which you love the most on this earth, that which you can see and which you touch, that whom you love the most and give it over to him, for he then to take away from you on this earth, in order to prove your love for him, not for just any reason, but to prove that you love God more than anyone else on earth. How would you respond? What emotion would stir within you? Would it stir within you out of discord or out of anger or out of pain? Or would you turn and worship God? Would you worship God for who he is? Would you worship God because he is good and anything that he asks from you, you want to do because you love him? (laughs) We'll <laughs> Welcome to an exegetical study of biblical scripture. This scripture is God's speech, God's story, written through the hands of men, by his spirit, and it's all about God's glory. My name is Bryce Ferguson, join me now as we go into the word. This is Genesis. today in Genesis
1: chapter 22, but let us first open in prayer. O holy God, the one who has come to man so graciously
0: and so lovingly, so wonderfully and so completely,
1: your desire for us is so great, it ought to compel us to you like a magnet,
0: like a moth to a flame, we ought to be so enamored with our God and how wonderful and how loving you are that it takes over all that we are, that it takes over our mind, that it takes over our body, that we, because of our love for you, want to obey you. That what you command, we want to obey. That what you ask of us, we want to obey. That when you speak, we want to listen. And that when you call us to action, that we want to act.
1: Holy Spirit, work in the minds and the hearts of your people, O God, to live a
0: lifestyle of obedience to our God for your glory. And because we know that in obeying you, oh God,
1: it is our greatest joy. We pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Amen. Open with me to Genesis chapter 22.
0: As we continue in the story of Abraham, through his highs and through his lows, through his Times of worship and obedience to God, and then his times of sinfulness. Perhaps we can all relate, not in the specific stories, but in the roller coaster turmoil of what is a life and a relationship with God, learning to put aside the things of this world that have no value. And reach for that which is our
1: greatest desire, our Lord God in worship. We'll read today the whole chapter of Genesis 22. After these things, God
0: tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here am I. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now after these sayings it was told to Abraham, Behold, Melchah has also borne children to your brother Nahor, Uz his firstborn, Uz his brother, Kemuel the father of Aram, Keset, Hazel, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight Melchah bore to Nehor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Remah, or Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Macha. This is an incredible story in the Bible. This is a very detailed and a very deep and a very mysterious story story in the Bible, and it is also, because it's in the Bible, very true. This is a historical fact that actually happened, as incredible as it may sound, that God would ask this from Abraham, and we will get into it here. One thing you should know, one thing we should learn from this, is that God, yes, does measure his children. Or verse 1 says it this way, after these things, God tested Abraham. God can test his children. You think about Job and the incredible testing that Job went through. Job was tested to an extreme limit, and Abraham here is definitely tested to an extreme limit in a completely different way. But both men to an extreme before the Lord. The Lord cares about his relationship with his people. The Lord cares greatly about his relationship with each one of us, with you. And therefore, he wants it to be like the parable of the fig tree. He wants it to be fruitful. He doesn't just want to have a mediocre relationship with you because that he will not tolerate from his side. He wants to grow and he wants to nurture you. And through the work of the Holy Spirit and through the work of sanctification, God wants to compel you out of love to himself. He wants you to see that there is nothing else on this world that matters, even other humans in comparison to him.
1: And God reiterates over and over again in his word, that there is no comparison to him and
0: that he will not tolerate from his children, any comparison to him.
1: So our God woos us to himself. He woos us out of his great love for us, that our great love would become him. So God tests Abraham in verse one. He says he is going to test him. And God calls to him, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham responds, here am I. No hesitation, here am I. That is a response of faith. Verse 2, God makes a command.
0: God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac.
1: But I thought he had Ishmael before. But Ishmael is not of the line. God calls him, your only son, Isaac, whom you love.
0: And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. You know, when God called Abram, originally before his name was changed to Abraham by the Lord. All the way back in Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abram, he called him to a land that I will show you. He didn't even tell him specifically where they were going. He said, Go, or essentially, follow me, and I will show you where we are going. But he hadn't told him yet. We see that again here in verse 2. In other words, follow me, even though you may not know everything. Though you may not know the details, though you may not know where we are going, though you may not know what is before you, what lies before you, oh, that the disciples of Jesus would have known the deaths that they were to die, that Peter were to know in advance that he would be crucified upside down, crucified like his Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that we would know some of the things that lay in the future for our lives. No, I think God keeps us from that for a very specific reason, and possibly so we don't get outrageously depressed because of all the hardships that we know that or that we will endure, but that we do not know first ahead of time in the previous moment
1: when God calls us to walk forward in a path. In a life of obedience to him. But for his children, this is our joy. For his children, it is
0: our joy to follow him. And it is our joy to follow him in the mystery, in the not knowing. There are some of you that would have a very difficult time following God when you don't know every single detail. But Hebrews 11.1 1, This is the requirement. Faith in God requires a blind obedience to God.
1: And God makes a bold command of Abraham here. Like nothing he has ever heard of before, take my
0: very son and offer him as a sacrifice to God.
1: So how does Abraham respond? Verse three, he rises early in the morning. That's a
0: sign of faith. That's a sign of obedience. He saddled his donkey in obedience. He took two of his young men with him to accompany him on
1: the journey to help with supplies. And he brought his son Isaac in faith. He cut the wood for the
0: burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. God had told him, I will show you where we are going. It will be in the land of Moriah. It will be on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So he goes to Moriah out of faith in God. Because God has called him to do thus. Abraham says, I want to do thus. Will you tell me I will do? This is obedience, and obedience is faith. Faith is obedience. Obedience is faith. God says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. This was a command of God in verse 2. And Abraham responds in faith and in obedience. Why? Because he loves God.
1: And we have seen great growth in Abraham's walk with the Lord here in these verses. And a few other things. Abraham knows that God created life. Because he is a man of faith, because he was
0: called by God to faith to be in relationship with God, he knows the values of God. He knows that God is a creator. He knows God created life, and therefore God values life. He also knows that God wants his people to trust him, not just in the majority of things in life, not with just the majority of their life, but in all things. And Abraham clearly hears that it is the Lord speaking to him because he responds in face. There is no question here in the text that it is the Lord speaking. So even in something mysterious like this, Abraham knows that a command from God is to be obeyed.
1: So he walks in obedience, in faith. Verse 5. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. That also is a sign of faith that the Lord will provide. The
0: Lord is going to provide. The Lord is going to do something miraculous. The Lord is going to do something wonderful. I don't fully know what that is. I can't see how Abraham would have known.
1: But he trusts God. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt
0: offering and laid it on his son, Isaac. On Isaac,
1: his son. I see a symbolism here of the sacrifice. That the wood
0: is laid on his son. So I'm sure it was somehow laid on his back. Or maybe he had his arms out in front of him and he was carrying the wood. And Isaac was to be, he was called in the command by God in verse 2, to be the sacrifice. What do you do with the wood? You put the wood down first and then you lay the sacrifice on the wood. Whereas Abraham takes the fire and the knife. I'm assuming the fire starter or the materials for the fire is what that means. And the knife, which would be symbolism for the one who is to make the sacrifice. The one who makes the sacrifice, holds the fire making elements and starts
1: the fire. What does Isaac say? This is fascinating, too. Isaac
0: says, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt
1: offering? This question from Isaac. This means Abraham has made a pattern
0: of offering burnt sacrifices and worship to God. He has been educating his son, Isaac. About what the Lord requires, about what it means to worship God, about what it means to be in relationship with God. So much so that Isaac was familiar with it, that Isaac had the knowledge of it, so much so that when Isaac sees the materials before them, but does not see the lamb for the sacrifice, does not see the animal for the sacrifice, and he also knows that it was a lamb, which was to be the proper. Animal sacrifice.
1: That he brings it up to his father, Abraham. My father, behold the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham
0: says, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt
1: offering, my son. So they went both of them together. They went, both of them, together. Abraham and Isaac both now walked in faith to prepare a sacrifice.
0: When they did not see an animal for a sacrifice, Abraham knew what God had called him to do. Abraham also knows that God values life. He values human life. God knows that we are made in the image and the likeness of him. So there is a precious sanctity to human life because it images almighty God. And now Abraham and his son Isaac both walk in faith together, trusting that God
1: himself will provide the sacrifice. Isaac didn't know where the sacrifice would come from. He couldn't see it, but he trusted God to provide it. Verse 9. Abraham went to the place that God had told him. When they both came to the
0: place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, laid the wood in
1: order, and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood.
0: He went to where God had told him in faith. He built the altar there and laid the wood in order in faith and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood in faith.
1: Why? Because he wanted to obey God to the letter in this. We
0: see multiple times in the Old Testament, God calling his people, obey me obey me when you cannot see everything obey me when it seems mysterious sometimes in the old testament with the kings and with the battles god says i want you to seek me before you go out to battle and the good kings and the righteous kings always sought god before they went into battle asking the lord One, do you want me to go to battle? Should I go out before the Assyrians or before the Philistines or whoever it was? And then God responds one way or another. Sometimes he says, yes, go up against them, for I will surely give them into your hands. Other times he says, no, do not go up against them. Because he wants to see what is the king going to do? Are they going to obey me? When I speak, whenever I speak, whatever I speak. At other times, the king asks God, shall I go up? And sometimes God says, don't go up directly to them, as would normally be the case, the the shortest path. God says, go all the way around and attack from the rear or attack from the side. For surely I will give them into your hands. God wants to see, is that king going to respond in that way? Is he going to obey God in that way? Or is he just going to
1: go straight into the battle? Because that would be disobedience to God.
0: And God may not give them the victory. If the king disobeyed the word of the Lord. God wants to see his people obey him
1: in faith. Then when God says thus, that you respond thus. That you don't
0: wait, that you don't hesitate, that you don't offer an alternative, that you don't say, can I just go over to this little city over here? Or that's too far away, God. I, I, I don't want to do that. Or that you linger or that you, you waste time when God has called you To obey him. God is looking for people
1: who want to obey him. And God has wondrous things in store for his children. Who are in
0: relationship with him. Who obey him because out of obeying him, it shows, it proves your love for him. And those who do not obey God are not showing
1: their love that they say that they have for God. It should be noted that in verse 9,
0: Abraham does not hesitate. He does not linger. He does not
1: doubt. At least it's not mentioned in the text. So while Abraham's faith
0: has grown and grown, and it's being pushed to the max. He continues in verse 10. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Again, no hesitation. It doesn't say he waited. It doesn't say that he doubted. He believed God in the mystery because his love for God had become his all-consuming passion. Even something as mysterious as this command, he doesn't hesitate because he trusts God. He knows God is good. He knows God is just. He knows God is righteous. He knows God is holy. He knows that it's all about God's glory. Therefore, if God is calling him to do something
1: that even he doesn't understand, he is trusting the Lord God. And just as
0: quickly, Verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know
1: that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. This confirms everything. Everything. And I think Abraham
0: already knew from the Lord that He was the Creator God, that He made a man in his image and his likeness, and therefore he was going to have a plan, even in the mystery, that God is so intentional and so loving, and he's so purposeful
1: in what He is doing, that even in a testing, that God is going to provide. The God says
0: there is a reason, there is always a reason that I am righteous, that I am
1: just, that I am holy, will you trust me in the not knowing? Will you trust me in the
0: silence? Will you trust me when you cannot hear my voice
1: even? When I've called you to walk up onto a mountain, perhaps a mountain that you're not familiar with,
0: It's going to be challenging. It's going to be high. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be dark. What I have asked you to do is going to be a challenge. It is going to push you to your limit. Will you be faithful? Will you walk that path even though it's challenging?
1: Will you walk that path because I have asked you to do it? Will you do it to glorify me? Jesus said in Matthew 10, 37,
0: Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy
1: of me. Because De- Deuteronomy 6:5,
0: you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might.
1: There is a love distinction with God. This is something God requires from us
0: that we would love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our might. That is different than anyone else on this earth. Now, those who are misguided may love their spouse or their children or their parents more than God. But God's requirement of us, because he will not share his throne with them in your life, He will not. That you must love God only, exclusively, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And that you would not love anyone on earth more than
1: you would love God. Or he says, you are not worthy of God. And Abraham is tested in that here. The psalmist says of the Lord in Psalm 1, verse 2, and in 119,
0: verse 72, respectively Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night.
1: That is a compelling love for God. That you take time out of your
0: day, out of your day, quote unquote, your day. That's somewhat laughable because God is the one who gives all things and even every single second that you are alive, every single second that I am alive is only because of God. Yes, God is in control of your life at every single second. He is in control of life and death. Therefore, you live to the glory of God and when you die from this earth, from this mortal body, you die to the glory of God because God is in control of your life. Every second. So therefore, when you prioritize time in your day to meditate on the law, spending time in the Holy Bible, spending time in the scripture, because you want to glorify God and learn from him.
1: This is reflective of how you love God. That he means more than anyone else. And at night, that you spend time at night too. It's descriptive of your whole life
0: during the daylight hours, during the nighttime hours. And in Psalm 119, verse 72, it says, The law of your mouth is better
1: to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. This is absolutely countercultural. It means
0: more to me than money. It means more to me than any man-made provision. Your provision, O God, is greater.
1: Your provision, O God, is better. You, God, have no comparison on this earth.
0: When we see God this way, when we see the
1: way that God is calling us to, see him there is no comparison we will not value the things of this earth we will walk with him we will
0: walk with him because we want to show him that we love him the most because we do love him the most and we want to learn from the only one who can teach us all things and the one whose teaching is perfect It's not tarnished by this world. It's not in strife in this world. It's not in dissension in this world. It's not in sin like the world. God's law, his scripture is perfect. And God has given us everything we need for life on this earth and for a life of faith in him. And God is calling us to himself and God's love is greater and God's love is perfect.
1: And God's love is the only love that we need. Because God is perfect. And oh, how we need him. God both desires and commands that we surrender everything to him alone. And we see Abraham do exactly that in this text. His only son.
0: He's willing to sacrifice his only son to God if that's what God is asking.
1: Verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram
0: caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Because Abraham wanted to glorify God because, God. because Abraham makes a pattern of sacrifices in worship to God. God called his people in faith to offer sacrifices, including burnt animal sacrifices in worship to God. And Abraham wants to worship God in this. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Abraham's response to God's action and the stain of his hand with the knife
1: over his son, over the wood, was worship. Abraham was at a point in his life
0: where he was constantly worshiping God. We see that reflective of the nature and the actions and the language of how Abraham responds to the Lord throughout this chapter.
1: Worship of God was part of his lifestyle. The personal relationship that he had with God was
0: prioritized above all else. Above all else. Abraham had waited a long time to have a son. To have a son with Sarah. He had waited a long time. He had longed for it. Longed for it. God had said it and he
1: longed for it. And here God is asking him to sacrifice his son. To end his life on earth.
0: And Abraham wants to obey God rather
1: than protect the life of his son. That is worship. Back in verse 1, it said God tested Abraham. And now we pick it up again in verse 15. And the
0: angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, a reference to the previous promise from God, Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. And as the sand that is on the seashore, a reference to God's previous promise, chapter 13, verse 16. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. See, God had previously promised all these things.
1: And he tags it here, because you have obeyed my voice. God wants his people to obey him.
0: God wants his people To have such a close, abiding relationship with God. That they're moving in step with God. That they're following directly behind God. That they're glued to God. That they're adhered to God. That it's so close that they're tethered to God. They're stitched
1: with him. Then when God moves, you move. Then when God speaks, did you listen and understand?
0: And if you don't fully understand that, you ask questions because you want to know what God says, because you want to know what God means, because you want to hear him clearly. And if he says, that's it, that's the only information I'm giving you, then we trust him in the mystery. And whatever God has requested of us,
1: then we do that trusting him in the mystery. because Abraham had drifted multiple times since God had originally called him back in chapter 12, I think God wanted to see how Abraham would respond at the ultimate
0: test of Abraham's faith. Would Abraham not just give up, but gladly and worshipfully respond to what God had asked him, whatever God would ask him? Would Abraham, who longed along with Sarah for a son for a long time, confidently choose to give up
1: that son if God had asked? Because God asked? The 25 years that they waited, that they longed, that I'm quite sure they cried and were very emotional of believing in God, of trusting his word for a son, For Isaac. When
0: Isaac had arrived and he was right there with Abraham, would Abraham love God more than Isaac so much so as to
1: sacrifice Isaac unto God? Well, it was clear God had always valued life.
0: He created mankind, He created all things, He creates mankind. He made himself known to mankind, his image bearers. He pursued mankind to have a relationship with mankind. And God again and again made it clear, even before Genesis chapter 22, that he believed in life. And therefore, he was not about death. God is not honored in murder. God is not honored in the idea of human sacrifice, the action of human sacrifice. Therefore, Abraham surely knew the same thing we read today. The words of the narrative in verse one, that this was a test. See, it doesn't say in verse two that Abraham, this is a test. Or this is not to be followed, or or, this is just
1: a, a routine that we're just doing a run-through here. No. But because Abraham knew the nature of God, because he knows his God, Abraham somehow
0: must have known that this was a test. And as God grows someone, and as God moves in someone, and as Abraham abandoned the lesser things of this world in his heart by choosing more and more to put his
1: faith in God, we see the measure of his faith here in chapter 22. His light is the Lord. His delight is the law of the Lord.
0: His focus is his God. He knows that God is good and that God is about goodness and that God's plan for him is best, even when he may see the plan. Not see the plan, but but
1: see it as mysterious even when he can't see it fully, he knows that God is good. And that's what God was testing in Abraham. Do you love me as God in your life? Not just do you love it, do you love me as God in your life? Do you love me more than these?
0: Jesus asked that in the New Testament. Do you love me more than these others? Look at the people around you. Do you love me more than these? How would you obey even if I asked you to do something drastic in the eyes of the world? God wants to know. How would you respond if I asked you to do something or believe something that you don't understand?
1: What if it costs you everything in the eyes of the world? What if it costs you everything you hold dear in this life? How would you respond? Because God is asking us to give it all. Because God is asking us to not hold our family so tightly that we do not trust them unto God. You can
0: trust your family members unto God's sovereignty because God created them too, just like He created you. And they need to have their own personal saving relationship with the Lord. You cannot save them, and they cannot save
1: you. No man can save another person, only God can save. But they need to know the truth, and they need to know the light and the gospel of Jesus Christ and that
0: Jesus Christ came to earth in a manger as a humble baby and lived a life on earth to show men the way to the father, to be the way and the truth and the life, to restore us to the father. They need to know there's only one way to get to heaven. And that is through believing in Jesus Christ that he died on a cross for their sins and that he was raised to the right hand of God the Father to never die again
1: so that they could have life if they put their hope and their faith and their trust in Christ alone. And we can look on the life of Abraham in Genesis chapter
0: 22, and we can see a life fulfilled. The fact
1: that he values God above all else, It's not a life that is lacking. In fact, I think the great
0: majority of the people on this earth, their lives are lacking in so many ways. And whether they will admit it or not, perhaps just in their subconscious, they are striving and longing for fulfillment, which can only be found in God. It is when we give up the things of this world. It is when we give up our previous priority list about the things of this world. And we set that aside and say, I will not prioritize my family over the Lord Almighty. I will not prioritize money over the Lord Almighty. I will not prioritize my career over the Lord Almighty. I am
1: prioritizing the Lord Almighty over all things. And we will be fulfilled. Because the author and creator of all things knows how you are fulfilled.
0: Because the author and the creator of all things defines truth, and defines men, and defines women, and defines creatures, and defines mountains, and defines sunshine, and defines planets.
1: And he says, Men and women are made in the image and the likeness of God. Let us,
0: God is speaking to himself in Genesis 1, make man after our own image,
1: in our image after our own likeness. Because man is eternal. One way or another, man
0: is eternal. And those who give their lives to Jesus Christ Give their lives to God in the name of Jesus Christ and through trusting in Jesus Christ, death and resurrection on their behalf. Those who prioritize God above all things who say,
1: God is my priority over all things. God welcomes them into his family and says, I want to be with you and you want to be with me. Therefore,
0: let's be together forever. Now on this earth, spiritually,
1: and in heaven, forever. Face to face. Spiritually, physically, in every way. Even outside of time and space. Because God dwells outside of time and space. And for those on earth who reject God,
0: those on earth who hold their son closer, their earthly
1: son closer and to a higher priority than God. God says, I never knew you because God has a requirement that you would love him above
0: all else because that's how we love God as God. Otherwise, we're just writing it in a, in a side margin that
1: we, we love God. But we're not loving God as God. And it's only when you surrender your life fully to God that God welcomes you in. And he is willing and he is ready to welcome you in. To welcome all of us in if we will surrender to him. So let us surrender to God. Let's pray.
0: Great God and Savior, the one who sees all men and women on this earth, the one who sees the ones who prioritize you and and sees the ones who don't prioritize you, and sees the ones who just walk away from you. In your sovereignty and in your love, your invitation is still waiting for them. It's still open for them. The invitation is still open to all while they're alive to repent of their sin and to trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. To love you as God, not just to love you, but to love you as their personal Lord and Savior, which will transform everything else in their life and fulfill them completely. There will be no more longing, no more waiting, no more turmoil because your children have peace in you. Lead us, O oh God, in faith. And may we prioritize you, almighty God, above all things. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Join me next week for the story of Jesus Christ, the savior of the world.